This is Power for Living, the Bible teaching ministry of Christ the King Church in Wakefield, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Feliciano Segundo, and our teacher is Father Michael Carl. So get all your Bibles and let's get started. For our teaching time, we're going to look at the Deuteronomy passage. Just because it's in the Old Testament, like you hear some people say, that doesn't apply to us anymore, that's the Old Testament. No, because the moral code still applies. So he says, See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments, his statutes, and his judgments, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land, etc., etc. Now, what we see here is that God is presenting an option to the people of Israel, you know, and it seems like it would be obvious what, which way to pick, you know, the way of life, God, you know, and all that. But sometimes we get distracted a little bit, don't we? And you see, according to Brandon Webb in his dissertation site, he says that there are three different ways that our choices could be affected. Our choice can be influenced by the world. This is the same choice that man has been faced with since the very beginning. Like, don't eat the free of the tree of good knowledge of good and evil, right? This is the choice of good and evil, life or death. The world around us is anti-Christ. The world hates Jesus and all of those who will testify of him. The world classifies all who would choose life as being ignorant and uninformed. No matter how numerous and powerful the world's influence may be, it does not change the fact that we have the liberty to resist them. The second part is our choices influenced by the devil, of course, regardless of those who will laugh at the idea. And I know there's some Christian preachers that still that are now teaching that the devil is just a metaphoric character that Jesus used to discuss the choice of good and evil. But regardless of those who laugh at the idea, the devil is real and his influence is powerful. The Word of God describes him as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And there's no real room for excuse to say the devil made us do it because he didn't make you do anything. We have the promise from God that if we will resist the devil, he will flee from us, right? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So we can resist the influence from our enemy and choose life. And our choices are also influenced by God because we have a God who loves us, but he will not force his will upon any of us. There is a savior, but we must be open and have our hearts open to him and receive him and believe in him and trust in him. And the one thing that we are not free to do is to not make a choice. As I think it was Dietrich Bonhoeffer who says, to not choose is to choose. And so there are many influences upon our choice, but ultimately it comes down to what we're going to decide we're going to do. Now, we are commanded here to love God. Now, simple, God loves me, love him back. Walk in obedience. 
and obey for his blessing. The choices are influenced by many different things, and there are consequences for our disobedience. There's a penalty for violating the old covenant. More severe for violating the new covenant is the choice or the result, because the new covenant is the one that saves. It's the one who guarantees eternal life. So by violating the new covenant, we're risking our eternity. Now, now, so again, it seems really simple. Choose life, right? You, know, you would think that would be simple to do, but how many times have we humans chosen death? It is essential for us to understand that we in Jesus Christ this is from David Guzik, do not relate to God on the terms of the Old Covenant, but on the terms of the better covenant, the New Covenant. Under the New Covenant, my relationship with God is not based on what I do for God. It's based on what Jesus has done for me. And if, again, if this Old Covenant is inferior to the New, and if there was a high price to pay for rejecting the Old Covenant, should we not know that there is an even greater price and penalty for rejecting the even greater covenant. But we have a knack as human beings for always choosing to do the wrong thing, right? The reason so many times when God was trying to get me to do something, he would leave me only one option, the one he wanted me to take. You know why? Because he knew if he gave me a choice, I'd probably pick the wrong one. So that's the reason that we have to choose wisely and listen to God. But Scott Hosey says about this particular part of the passage, it is a story repeated a thousand times, maybe a million times every day. Think about this. The same middle-aged man who has witnessed altogether too many friends ruin their lives and the lives of their children and families by running after a younger woman nevertheless convinces himself that in his case, going after that really cute co-worker, who's 25 years younger than he is, will work out. It'll bring happiness to all. He's just sure of it. And the junk food that's bad for other people's health won't be so bad for me, you know, you look at the sugar and the fat and the cholesterol content and it's low and not all of those, so you, well, it's got to be okay. So we snarf it down anyway. And greed only wrecks some people's relationships, but it will work to your advantage. And anyway, you will keep it in check. You'll keep your greed under control. And the very thing you have for so long warned other people about avoiding is something you will surely be able to handle and so you get greedy anyway. But bad choices ricochet down the corridors of time. And it seems that no amount of morality tales, fair warnings, counterexamples, or sound advice from trusted counselors are ever enough to wave us off from making spectacularly bad choices. Nine times out of ten, it really is not rocket science to understand which course of action will be prudent and which one will prove disastrous. But just knowing that is not necessarily sufficient. People choose death all the time. 
And in the case of Deuteronomy 30, God is warning not only against the natural consequences of making bad choices, but of also the covenant consequences, because it is God's covenantal love that drove him to want to reveal to his beloved people the rules and the patterns that would guarantee their being able to stay within the guardrails and to keep them out of the ditch and from falling into ravines. It was divine love that motivated God to show people where danger lies in life. Not so very different from the parental love that motivates a good father to tell his child to stay away from scorpions or to not stick a fork into an electrical outlet or not to touch the burner on the stove. Or how many of us were warned not to touch the stove while it was cooking and did it anyway? I wasn't asking for a show of hands. Now, when we love God, everything is going to be better. In the short term, we might face consequences of you know, decisions or whatever. We might have to deal with some pretty rough stuff. But if we stay on God's side and follow him, eventually it will work out for the better. If not in this life, then it will be an eternity. But if we stay with God, it's going to be a lot better for us. Now, we look at verse 20. That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them. So, it sounds really spiritual to say, God, he is your life. But what does that mean? The God's Word for You site wrote about this, and they said that Deuteronomy 30, 20 states, the Lord is your life. This follows Moses' urgent plea to the Israelites. I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life. In a similar plea, centuries later, God, in calling the people away from idolatry and back to himself, said through the prophet Ezekiel, Why will you die, O house of Israel? Repent and live. And Amos, in similar circumstances, conveyed the word of the Lord, Seek me and live, and added his own urgent challenge, Seek the Lord and live. The connection between the Lord and Life takes us right back to the beginning of all things in Genesis. There God warned Adam against eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, saying, when you eat of it, you shall surely die. In Genesis 3, death came. At the very moment that Adam turned away from God, something within Adam died. The life-giving, life-sustaining connection with God was severed, by Adam's rebellion, death entered, and from that time to the present, death has reigned, and from that time to the present, all are cut off from God, the source of spiritual life, and are therefore dead in transgressions and sins. Now, spiritual life exists only when we are in right relationship with God. Spiritual death is the unavoidable default human condition. There is no other condition. 
you are either in grace, in forgiveness, and in life, or you are in your own stubborn will, and in death, and in future condemnation. There are no other alternatives to this. Severed from God, our spirit is dead. According to the Bible, there is only one thing that can make our spirit live. Reconnection with God. When the Spirit of God reconnects us with God through faith in the Son of God, our spirit is made new or born again. And so that's what that means. God is life. To be connected with Him is to have life. To have a relationship with Him is to have life. And that's what it means. He is our life because without Him, we're dead. Doesn't Paul say in Ephesians that we are naturally children of wrath? Not everybody is God's child. See, we got that all wrong in, you know, those nice little pithy folk songs from the 60s and 70s about how we're all God's children. Uh-uh. Until you are adopted into his family by choosing life, you are a child of wrath. We only become children of God when we trust in Christ. And that is ultimately the meaning of this passage for today. Choose life that you may live. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of Power for Living. If you happen to miss any of our other programs, be sure to go to our podcast page at ChristTheKingNorthShore.podbean.com. And you can also visit our website at www.ctknorthshore.org. If this program has been a blessing, feel free to let us know. Write us at Power for Living, Care of Christ the King Church, 4 Railroad Avenue, Suite 309 in Wakefield, Massachusetts, 01880. Or you can also send us an email at ChristTheKingNorthShore at gmail.com. You can be a part of this gospel ministry by becoming a patron of Power for Living. You can find out how by clicking the Become a Patron button at the top of our podcast page. That's it for this week, and until next time, remember that Jesus is your power for living.